What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Kimberly Manning on today's episode. I'm so excited to get to know a little bit more about her. Kimberly, I'm just going to toss it at you. Start wherever you'd like with your story. Hi. So I'm Kimberly Manning. Um, I want to say thank you for having me and thank you for this podcast that has helped me so much with my grief and this process and just all of it. Um, so me and my husband, we have been together since my freshman year in high school. Um, we actually got engaged a year later. Um, I asked him, um, we had already talked about it, gotten rings, but we didn't know when each other was going to finish paying for the rings. So that was a surprise for him. I mean, he actually had my ring too, but, uh, yeah, that was a surprise for a family that we got engaged that early. Um, we didn't get married until five years later, so we had been together six years. We were in college at that point, and yeah, we actually just celebrated 15 years married two days ago. Um, and how I actually met my husband was through my best friend um, in middle school, and we're still friends now, obviously. Um, but yeah, she lived with her mom and he lived with her dad, so I didn't even meet him for quite a while. But that's just a little bit of basic history about me and my husband. Um, so I am 36. Um, and just to give you some other history, I have a younger sister that got pregnant while she was still in high school. Um, she was just a freshman in high school and I was a senior in high school. And so I got to be there for the birth of my oldest nephew. I got to see that whole process. I was there in the delivery room with not only myself, my sister, it was my mom, my grandmother, and aunts. Like it was, she was surrounded by females for that entire process. I got to see what it was like for her to get an epidural, um, for her to get pain medications and be screaming and crying through a contraction to two minutes later after the medication be singing through a contraction so i got to see some of this experience and like she had to be induced because her water had only partially broken and the labor wasn't correcting so i got to see all of that um and they ended up having to use um forceps and vacuum for her as well in that first delivery so i got to see some of this pregnancy stuff. I was also my best friend's um, child's birth partner um, because her husband at the time was stationed um, or deployed over in Afghanistan at the time. So I got to see how every pregnancy can be different. Every person handles every pregnancy differently and just go through several things that they all had to deal with. Um, throughout that process um, so I'm not 
new to pregnancy. Like I hadn't been pregnant until this time, but I've seen how there can be complications, how there can be negative side effects that everybody hates, like constipation and tired and morning sickness and heartburn and, you know, many others, um, like everybody knows. But um, I've also seen and dealt with loss in the sense that my best friend, her second one, um, she ended up having a stillborn, stillborn and they had gone to um, the anatomy scan and had brought their oldest child to that one and found there was no heartbeat at that scan. Um, so I was not there for that delivery because I was watching their oldest son for them so that they could go, um, so she could deliver with her husband um, at the hospital on their own. Um, and I know that was the best way I could support her at the time. And then her third child was um, a preemie. And I got to see how she dealt with all the nerves um, since the loss of her second son and how the anxiety goes crazy. And like all these appointments, her first appointment I was usually at with her. Um, and for that third one, I made sure to vocalize how much she needed an ultrasound at that first one so she could hear a heartbeat and know that everything was okay. So I'm not new to loss and the fact that miscarriage happens and stillbirth happens and all of that stuff. So now on to our thing. So I have been on birth control since I was 15 years old. I was always proactive. I was always smart about it. I actually made sure that I got on birth control before my husband and I, obviously my boyfriend at the time, um, had intercourse. So I was on orthotricyclinol for, geez, I think it was, what, 17 years? And then um, they ended up switching me to a different birth control because I was having migraines um, and headaches, although I know it was because of the stress I was going through at the time because that was a tricky time. Um, for me and our family at the time, um, we had lost my dad and our two fur babies, um, in a three month period. And we had thought my dad was going to get better and he didn't and got worse. And then the doctors realized it was cancer, but we couldn't even test to see what kind of cancer, cancer or anything like that. So it was one of those things like we got bombarded one year with a lot of loss and it kind of just added lots of stress and tension and yeah so shortly after all that happened I ended up um, switching over to a different birth control and there was even a period that my husband and I with how we were dealing with all this grief um, caused lots lots of tension with us and we actually separated for nine months um, so I even went off birth control for a short period of time during that window before I went back on um, the birth control that you forget what the name of it is um, that you have to take at a specific time, you know, have to take at the same time every day, a pill once a day. Um, so ever since getting switched off of orthotricycline and getting switched off or onto this one, um, my cycles hadn't been as very consistent as they had been. Um, so sometimes my cycle would last closer to three weeks, sometimes it would be five weeks, and it definitely seemed like whatever female I was around, because um, sometimes at my work I'm around quite a few females, and other times I'm very much by myself. 
Um, so sometimes my schedule would try to sync up with my best friend if we were spending lots of time together and other times it would sync up with some of my coworkers. Um, so I've, I noticed that seems to be something that would happen and sometimes that seemed like that played a factor into whether I had a short or longer cycle. So it still wasn't totally 100% as regular as it had been when I'd been on OrthoTry. So that's just a little bit of that. So, um, yeah. So let's bring us to Labor Day weekend, 2019. Um, Labor Day had been when my dad had passed in 2016. Um, so that is always a rough weekend for me because I was super close with my dad. Um, but that year, we actually were going on a family trip or like had planned to get together with my mom and her boyfriend and um, my sister's two young, two youngest kiddos. Um, and then our son, which is uh, actually my oldest adopted nephew, the one I saw born, um, or oldest nephew, we adopted him. Um, so all of us did a we went to like the local fair, we went camping, and it was just a great weekend. And I didn't spend that whole weekend grieving like I had the previous two over my dad, but we still made time to talk about him. And my sister and I cried and just how much we missed him. But also, it was a great weekend, and I'm pretty sure that's the weekend I conceived because it just seemed like the stress and grief of dealing um, or of losing my dad finally I released that um, it might seem odd but that's that's I'm pretty sure I conceived that weekend um, so needless to say let's fast forward because at the same time I'm taking birth control so I don't think anything of it and my cycles have been a little off so you know didn't think anything of it but then um, towards the end of September um, I happened to say something to my husband like I stepped in the kitchen I'm like what is that smell and he was just like you've never noticed that smell before are you sure you're not pregnant and I'm like no 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 I'm on birth control like you know I've been taking it like I'm supposed to I mean but I'll be completely honest, my schedule at my job, I work at a greenhouse and our hours vary throughout the entire year. So I never get up at the same time. And I kept trying to, over the years, figure out a good time to take it at the same time every day. And it just never worked. I was usually like within an hour, but never exactly at the same time. But yeah, so anyways, I, I brushed them off like, no, no, not that can't be. But then another few days went by I should have started because I was usually closer to four weeks in my cycle most of the time but I knew that I still sometimes varied um so I waited a few more days and my breasts are usually a little sore and tender you know right before I start my period so like you know I had that but I, it didn't seem abnormal because that's something I usually have. Um, but yeah, so anyways, I ended up when a couple more days went by. So it was Friday, the 27th of September. Um, 
I bought a three pack of pregnancy tests because I was like, yeah, I doubt it, but oh, I don't know. I just still hadn't started. And then that comment and just, yeah, all those things. And so my husband usually has, uh, he has a man cave and he usually hangs out in, or we call it his man cave. It's his room, his office. Um, but he also has like his video games set up. So he was playing video games, I believe, with his dad um, online. And then our son was doing dishes, but yet his way of doing dishes, he puts a load in the sink and then he goes downstairs and plays a video game with his friends or something and then comes back up and does them. So once he headed back downstairs, we only have the one bathroom and it's right near, it's right next to the kitchen. So I was just like, I waited for him to go downstairs and I took my first pregnancy test. That first one was one of the ones that it takes five minutes for results. And in that three pack, there was one that was only supposed to take like a minute and then the, or a minute or three minutes and then the digital test. And then of course the first one I grabbed was the long one and I didn't even realize that. I was just like, oh, I'll just take the test. And then was like, shit, this is one that takes forever. Um, but, there was a faint, very faint, but there was a line. That second line was there. So being completely honest, all I could think about was, fuck, oh my God, are you kidding me? Holy shit. What? Um, because again, I had been taking birth control. Yes, I hadn't been the greatest about it, but I still was taking it every day. So I didn't think this was actually going to be true. I just figured maybe I was starting late again. So I was freaking out. I'm like, okay, I know I got to take another one. There's always a chance of a false positive. But if I get two positives, because I've seen my best friend where like, especially that first time she got pregnant, she took like a gazillion pregnancy tests and her doctor told her like, really, you only need two max because they're, they're really they are pretty darn accurate. So if you get two, it's pretty much guaranteed. Um, so I did the, dis the digital test next. It said yes. And I just, I, I was shocked. I, I didn't know what to take, how to react. My mind's like racing like crazy, but I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll just take the third one. Third one's there. We'll just, We'll take that one too. Um, and that one, although the line was even fainter, there was still a line. Um, now, I know how much I'm freaking out. I know my husband is going to freak out because being completely honest, we kept going back and forth about whether we were ever going to have kids um, or a kid. Um, I had always told him I wanted to go to college first, finish that, which I had in 2014. I finally graduated with a bachelor's in 2014 and we had talked about if it ever happened that we probably would like if there was ever an oops that we would probably just go with it um especially considering my age at this point that you know I'm not getting any younger and if we're gonna do it we might as well do it so I figured that would probably be the way we go but I didn't know 100% and I wanted to be able to have this conversation with my husband by ourselves. I didn't want to have our son possibly overhear it. Um, 
so that weekend we were planning on taking um, a trip, just me and my husband, to go to a friend's bridal shower um, out of town or out of state. And our son was going to be staying with his best friends. Now, technically, at that time, I had caught him doing something. What was it? It was either that Friday or the, yeah, no, it was that day. It was that day earlier that afternoon, I had caught him doing something he shouldn't have been doing. And so he should have been grounded and not gone to his friends. But after receiving this, I didn't tell my husband about it so that he could, our son could still go to his friend's house because I just, I just needed to be able to talk to my husband alone about this and give him time to process it because I still needed more time to process it. Um, because you want to talk about pacing, man. Between each of these tests, I was pacing like crazy and just, yeah, freaking out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I did end up telling him, but sooner than I wanted to, because uh, I wanted to wait until after the bridal shower, because my husband was going to be the best, or my husband was the best man at their wedding. Um, and so he, you know, he was focused on that and I didn't want to take away from that. Um, but we had made a short stop or we had spent the night or made a short stop at um, my in-laws, uh, my husband's dad. And we had been talking that morning and I had told my husband that, yeah, I pretty sure I'd caught our, or I had caught our son in a lie and doing something he should have been doing. And he wanted to know why, I still let him go, go to his best friends for the weekends. And I was like, because we need to talk and we need to talk about something important. And Jay needs to not hear this. Um, but I left it at that. But my husband doesn't like to drop things. He likes to work it out right then and there. He's never been one to just drop something and walk away. So it started to turn into a fight as we were leaving um, my in-laws and heading to the bridal shower that we needed to go to um, out of state. Um, so I ended up telling him in the car and that is not the way I intended on doing that. Um, but yeah, so I had brought the pregnancy test with me in my bag. I pretty much said, um, if you reach into my bag, which of course he was like, I can't reach it. I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm like, I'm pregnant. And he was like, what? And I was like, I'm pregnant. And I just saw the color drain from his face. Because again, this was not planned. This, we had maybe talked about it, but we still weren't out of place financially with all our student loans and stuff that we really felt comfortable in that sense. Um, but we were also very much still on the border as to if we ever were. So he was just as shocked as I was. And yeah, processing. I had to stop and get gas before we could make it down um, to, to the bridal shower. So he went in to get a drink. I spent, I pumped gas. He still had to come out to the car. I walked in and pretty much he's just, I just saw him staring blankly is the best way to put it because he's just trying to process right in front of like the refrigerator section for drinks and I, I 
totally understood that shock. Um, but yeah, so we ended up, I gave him like a half hour or whatever, so he could just like try to process this information. Um, but then we still had another hour drive, I think it was. So we ended up talking quite a bit and decided that I'd call the doctors because he wanted it confirmed by a doctor, even though I told him, you know, if you got multiple pregnancy tests that say positive, it's, it's, a, it's a guarantee. Um, but my husband, of course, just wanted that, that irrefutable, that, you know, evidence that it was, 100% I am pregnant. Um, so we figured first thing Monday morning, because that was my other day off, that we would call and schedule and see if we could get me in to see a doctor. Um, but yeah, so we talked, we just talked about a bunch of different things on that drive. Like, I mean, I know it was early, but we talked about names. We talked about the fact that being completely honest, all the stuff my husband and I have been through throughout the, um, years that we've been together because it's technically 21 years that we've now been together we've been through a lot of hard stuff had a lot of hard conversations like we've had conversations most people don't have like we've talked about divorce we went through that separation for nine months um where i wasn't living in the house with him we've talked about death we've talked about kids so many times over the years um because we've had so many nieces and nephews born um, and seeing the complications and then the loss. Um, so we've, we've had those tough conversations that a lot of people don't always have. Um, so yeah, we, we being completely honest, we both thought that we would actually never get pregnant, that we would end up having trouble conceiving or that we would never have a kid, that there'd be something that would go wrong. So we were both very nervous at the same time but at, in one way we were getting kind of excited too as the shock wore off because of course me once I found out I was pregnant I was like googling and going to the apps and finding out when my due date was and my due date was June 1st and June 1st is my mother's birthday so needless to say, once she found out, or once we told her, she was super crazy ecstatic. But um, yeah, so we had already talked about names throughout the years for kids. And with the fairly recent loss of my dad, we know, we already knew that um, if we were to have a boy, we would probably name him after my husband's grandfather and my father um and then the girl's name would most likely have part of my grandmother's name and part of his grandmother's name because they just meant so much to us um we hadn't decided con the configuration yet or whether we would use our parents or grandparents uh middle names or first names or whatnot but we knew we wanted to honor them in some way because they had meant so much to us um, so like we had those kind of conversations in this drive and then we get to this bridal shower and it was a surprise bridal shower. So the guests of honor were not there yet and it was at a park. So we wandered around the park and not joking. We saw like 
15 different babies and there was also a party for a toddler like a birthday party for a toddler so there were a bunch of little kids around and my husband like I can just see him freaking out and I'm just looking at all the kids and I'm going oh my god they're so freaking adorable um so you know we had that juxtaposition and we were talking about finances we're talking about how are we going to do this like am I going to stop working is are we going to do daycare like how how are we going to do all this but yeah so we tabled that discussion when we went to this bridal shower and then we of course once that was done and we had our drive back home talked a lot more than and yeah, just pretty much decided that we would go to the doctor's Monday if I could get into any doctors and confirm the pregnancy and go from there. Um, and that's exactly what we did. I went to the nearest Planned Parenthood Monday. They were able to get me in. My husband was working that day, so I was just going to go by myself. But of course, about a half hour before the appointment, he's freaking out and texting me. And he's like, nope, come pick me up. I want to go too. Um, <laughs> So we went, and yes, the doctor confirmed that I was pregnant, you know, lovely pee test and all that again. God, I've done so many of those now, it's insane. But um, when the doctor did confirm it, I again saw the color drain from my husband's face because, you know, it's still, until it was confirmed for a doctor by him, even though we had these conversations, it still wasn't like real in his mind because I mean he's not growing the baby in him so it's still very surreal and all that to him um so yeah of course as soon as we walk out of there um I'm thinking of all the fun ways that we can surprise and tell everybody because our parents are gonna be freaking out they're gonna be so excited because especially his side of the family has been asking when we were going to have kids since I graduated high school. Like they've been asking for grandbabies since then. So seriously, it's been 20 years that they've been asked, like almost 20 years that they had been asking for grandbabies because I am the oldest for my parents and he is the oldest child out of his parents. So especially his dad was hoping that we would have kids and especially a male and carry on the family name and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm trying to talk to my husband about doing that. And what does he do instead? He calls his dad because his dad had called him. I think it was the day before and he hadn't returned the call, but he called his dad back and his dad could tell that something was off because um, my husband was still kind of in that little bit of shock like trying to fully process the fact that yes we are truly pregnant um and then he just blurted it out to his dad and I'm looking at him in the car like wait what are you doing no we wanted to be there <laughs> so anyways because he told his dad we then had to call and tell everybody else because we didn't want it to spread to everybody um, through the grapevine because most of our family lives um, about two hours south of us and they all kind of know each other so they and they live kind of within a half hour of each other so they could even see each other at grocery stores and different gatherings and stuff so 
um, or at least the majority of our family. My mom and my sister live down in Rhode Island, so that's about five hours away where they are. Um, so I knew if nothing else, I could kind of maybe surprise them a little differently. So yeah, pretty much all the immediate family was told, um, but we did it all a little differently. Um, I got to surprise my best friend. I sent her a text with the pictures of my three pregnancy tests and said, this is enough, right? I'm like, do I need to take more? Because she had sent me pictures like that or had called me and asked me things like that. Like how, how many pregnancy tests do I need to take? Like, no, for sure. Um, when she had been pregnant with each of her kids. So it was a fun way to do that for me. And then um, since at the time, my best friend is living with her mom while they're trying to uh, sell, while they were trying to sell their house and buy another one closer to the family. Um, I was like, you can't tell your mom yet. Like you got to hold off. We need to be able to tell, you know, your mom and stepfather that, you know, the good news. Um, and she's like, oh yeah, I'll totally record that. So I have a video of my mother-in-law being told, granted, we had to tell her over the phone, but my best friend, her daughter, um, recorded it. So it was done in a fun way, in a joking way, but yeah, I still got that video. Um, I also have the video of my other mother-in-law being told and the shock and the surprise and the pure excitement that you can see and we could hear on the phone. Um, and my mom, yeah. I didn't get a video of that, but my mom was so ecstatic. And then to find out that my due date was on her birthday and that she might share her birthday with a grandbaby, she was just over the moon. Um, and then my mom surprised my sister. She helped me tell my sister because uh, she had made a cake um, with like a baby stroller um, or shaped like a baby stroller and told and I called at the same time that my mom went over and saw my sister and brought this cake. And my sister was crazy ecstatic too. Um, because all of her siblings had wanted us to have a kid or kids too, so that they could get to be the auntie. Um, because I have been such a, I've been an auntie and been there for them for their births when they were having trouble with the kids with colic and they just, you know, like there's times where I've spent a whole week helping them while the kids were little. Um, especially my best friend when her husband was deployed, like I was there for a good week, maybe two, um, after he had to go back because um, he came missed the birth because he had so far away. Um, it took him a while to get there, but he was only stateside for, I think it was two weeks, I think, and then had to go back. Um, but I was there for her for at least a week or two. Um, I had used up my vacation time so I could be there with her um, helping. And yeah, we did the evening shifts, the rotating evening shift so she could try to get some sleep in between like she'd pump and then um go back to bed and I'd stay up with the baby and so like you know I've I've 
been there so much for my nieces and nephews, or at least the best that I could, especially the ones that are two hours south of me. Um, I would always go overboard with Christmas and birthdays and get them, you know, I spoil them. I, I loved being an auntie. Still do. Um, so yeah, my sisters, they were very excited um, to get to be an auntie and quote unquote, as they put it, repay me um, for all the times that I'd been there for them while they had their little ones. Um, so yeah, um, I started having a bunch of different symptoms. I definitely had food aversions, so many food aversions. Um, I definitely had the sore breasts and I'm already a chesty girl. So the fact that my boobs were getting so much bigger already, like I had to get new bras and I hadn't even been two months into the pregnancy. Like it was that crazy already. Um, I also had crazy bad insomnia. I seemed to, for the longest time, get up around like three o'clock in the morning and then couldn't fall back asleep or I'd start falling back asleep when I would need to go to work. So then at work, uh, I'd practically be falling asleep standing. Like there were times where I had to just walk around the perimeter at work just to keep myself from falling asleep. I was so tired all the time. Um, I did, I never fully got sick with morning sickness, but I definitely, the only way I could say is my stomach felt off. I never like, it didn't feel like the normal nausea I would get if I'm going to throw up um, when I've been sick with like the flu or had a stomach bug or whatnot, but I just felt off all the time. And I started having to eat smaller amounts of food more frequently to try to keep that feeling at bay. Um, and the biggest change for me was I was a Mountain Dew drinker. So once I found out I was, you know, once it was confirmed by the doctor that I was pregnant, I, within two weeks, went from drinking a 20 ounce bottle of Mountain Dew every day to not drinking any. Like I almost went cold turkey, couldn't quite go cold turkey because I knew that um, when I previously tried to weed myself off Mountain Dew that I would get migraines or headaches um, from not from the lack of caffeine. <coughs> Excuse me. But yeah, so it was one of those things where, you know, I started making changes. I started trying to eat better, eat more fruits and veggies. I switched over to having a cup of black tea. I'm not a coffee drinker. Mountain Dew has always been my drink of choice, but I knew drinking lots of caffeine was not good. Um, and my understanding was that black tea had a little bit of caffeine, but still less than a cup of coffee. So um, I was like, okay, we'll try that. Um, and yeah, like working at the greenhouse, I walk around a lot. So I figured that was enough exercise. I also have a side business, clothing business, and go to like craft fairs and stuff. So just the unloading and loading of that process is a workout. And I realized I was going to have to start kind of either getting somebody to help me, whether dragging my husband or my son along or having somebody else. And pretty much since this was fall season and fall is the peak of that season, um, 
because of people buying Christmas gifts and everything, my mom volunteered to help me at a couple of my events. So um, just so I wouldn't overdo it because lo unloading and loading bags of clothes gets to be a lot. And my mom's freaking out being like, no, you can't lift that much. This is too much. And I'm like, no, the doctor said I can still do all this stuff. I just maybe go a little less light. So maybe not pack the bags completely full, maybe halfway full or three quarters full. I'm like, so I might have to make more trips, but I can still do everything that I could do before. But yeah, so anyways, um, those were just some of the symptoms and different things um, and cravings. Oh my God, I had cravings. Like even that early, I was getting cravings. I was craving dill pickles, um, which seriously, my father would have loved. Um, he, he was a fanatic about dill pickles. He still had like, when we were going through pictures of my childhood after my dad passed because I wanted those pictures for a celebration of life. Um, we had found a picture of me as like a toddler or a baby or something. And I had a dill pickle in my hand because dad was always the first adult to give a baby or a toddler a dill pickle to try just to see their reaction. Um, so the fact that I was craving dill pickles, my dad would have loved, he would have freaked out about, well, not freaked out about, but he would have, he would have picked on me about that and found it hilarious. Um, I also was craving bacon so much, but at the same time, I know that's kind of one of those things like you maybe should, I mean, I know everything in pretty much moderation, but that's one of those things where I know some people recommend not because of, I think it was nitrates or something. Um, I can't remember now, but I did. I, I had a strong craving for dill pickles and bacon for like a good two weeks. Um, so I definitely had a few BLTs and definitely had a couple of containers of pickles. Um, but I also, it also was one of those things where one of the BLTs I had, the bacon was chewier and it totally, like I couldn't, I had a one bite of it and then I couldn't eat it because that chewy bacon completely turned my stomach. So even now to this day, I have to have crispier bacon. Like I used to be one that could have that kind of in between bacon where it could be chewy or crispy and I'd be fine. But now, now it has to be crispy. It still turns my stomach if I bite into chewy bacon now. Um, so weird things that happen ever since pregnancy. Um, but yeah, so the first doctor's appointment was going to be October 28th. Um, and just the way scheduling was, that was actually going to be when the ultrasound was. Um, and then the following week um, was going to be the first time I would meet with the nurse, midwife, doctor, whatever, um, and go over, you know, family history and eating better. Like they had sent me a packet about, you know, with information of certain medications I could take and can't take and excuse me, suggestions of what to eat and whatnot. But, uh, but yeah, so pretty much it was just that waiting game and going through the symptoms and especially those nights that I had insomnia. Um, I would think about my dad a lot and how much he'd loved this. And it would also bother me how much it would bum me that he wasn't going to be there, that my kid would not really know my dad in the same way that my nephew, our adopted son, knew him. 
because seriously, they were best buds. They were peas in a pod <laughs> um, because the original plan had been that my dad was going to adept, adopt my oldest nephew. Um, but then when he had gotten sick, we ended up adopting him. Um, so like if, if that just tells you how close they were and how he was attached to my dad's hip all the time. Um, and I just couldn't help but think about how my kid would never have that same kind of experience with my dad. Um, but we would always share pictures and stories and do some of the things my dad would do. Like that's the only thing I could do. Um, so I, I would think about how I would do those things, whether it was the claw of tickle or my dad's love of scaring the crap out of everybody just to see them jump. Um, and yeah, so since our first ultrasound was October 28th, my thought had been, and my husband wanted to wait even longer, but I had talked him into the fact that we would announce our pregnancy to everybody else after that first ultrasound. Um, because at that point, we should be nine weeks, even though based off of um, LMP, um, we should have been nine weeks. I was pretty sure we'd be closer to eight weeks. Um, but yeah, at that point, we should have heard a heartbeat and all of that stuff. So I was like, you know, can we, can we please announce like, I'm excited, you're excited. Can we please announce after this first one? Um, and so I was planning a uh, Halloween themed cause that also seemed like a way to tie my dad into it um, because we loved Halloween. We would decorate for Halloween every year and it just seemed right to me to do it that way. Um, so yeah. There was one little hiccup one day um, where I just, where I had a, I call it a morning sickness issue, but I just felt different. Um, I got really all of a sudden this wave of nausea and like I felt overheated um, and I really felt like I was going to throw up that time. I was at work in one of the greenhouses. I pretty much shut off the water and ran outside because I was in the middle of watering and was trying to take cold, uh, deep breaths of the colder air and just see if that would help me sometimes when I would get like that. Um, although, like I said, this, this time it felt different. Um, but anyways, yeah, I took these many deep breaths of this cold air it helped a little bit, but it, I, I just still felt different. And then all of a sudden my arms started to tingle, both of them. And then they felt like dead weight and that freaked me out. And what was it? Oh, my husband was at a doctor's appointment that day. So I told him, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, it's probably nothing. I'm probably freaking out over nothing. I'm like, but I'm going to go to the doctors and just double check. Cause again, we know that miscarriage can happen. I know that there can be complications and problems and all that stuff. So 
I'm trying not to be that first time mom that freaks out over everything. But yeah, I know that there's stuff that can happen. So I couldn't, my anxiety was getting the best of me. And I was just like, you know, I'll just go and hopefully they'll tell me it's nothing. It's all in my head and everything's fine. My doctors couldn't fit me in, but they just told me to go to the ER um, and go from there. So I went to the ER, which is connected, like the OBGYN that I was seeing was actually out the hospital. Um, we had made that decision once we found out I was pregnant that I would go to the hospital that's actually 45 minutes away just because that's where the NICU, that's where the nearest um, NICU, decent NICU is. And they also have, um, what is it, like maternal fetal medicine or whatnot. Like the hospital is more equipped to handle it. And given my age, the fact that, yeah, there's a higher chance that there could be complications and issues and stuff like that. I mean, granted, I was only 35 at the time, so it's one of those things where, yeah, maybe I wouldn't have any issues, but yeah, once you're, considered, once you're 35 and pregnant, they consider you geriatric pregnancy. So anyways, my husband really wanted me to choose that, that practice, that hospital um, as the place I would go. So I went to that ER. It was busy that day. And... It was over an hour before the doctor saw me. And of course the doctor said, oh yeah, there's like three of you here for different pregnancy issues. And I'm like, that doesn't necessarily make me feel any better. Um, but she had just thought I hyperventilated. I had asked about getting an ultrasound, um, but being completely honest, she's like, you're getting one in a week and a half, everything will be fine. being completely honest, I wish I had pushed for it more, but again, <coughs> excuse me, sorry. But again, I didn't want to be that pushy person. I didn't want to be that first time, I didn't want to be that first time mom that freaks out over everything. So it's just like, okay. She said, it's just, you know, hyperventilation. I was taking too many deep breaths. My body's different. It caused me to hyperventilate. Okay. And she even prescribed me Unisom and I think it was vitamin B6 to help with um, nausea and um, the, my insomnia. So, I mean, in some ways I felt like everything was fine, but I still just had that nagging feeling and, you know, just a, still freaking out a little bit, but I was just like, no, the doctor said this, just this, it's just that. And now I got something so I can actually sleep through the night and, you know, help with the nausea, morning sickness kind of feeling that I have if I'm not eating or when I first wake up. And I mean, granted, I'd be throughout the whole day, but, but yeah, so, you know, things kept progressing um, that we went to that first ultrasound. Um, that first ultrasound was me, my husband, and my best friend. Um, she had hoped that I would um, include her like she had, like I had been to, um, if not all of her first, usually um, her first or second um, ultrasound or doctor's appointment with her for all of her kids too. Um, 
so yeah, it's like, of course you can come. But then at the same time, she, the day before she was like, are you sure you want me to come? She's like, you know, I have bad luck. And I'm like, you know, because she's thinking about her loss and then the fact that her third son was um, a preemie. And, you know, I had to tell her like, no, like, you know, you don't got bad juju. You don't have bad luck. It, I'm like, you being there is not going to change the outcome. Um, whatever it may be. Like, hopefully we'll get to hear a heartbeat. Um, and a strong one. And I'm like, and we'll get to see squirming and all of that stuff. Um, so, you know, I'm still thinking positive thoughts. But yes, there's always in the back of my mind that, that anxiousness that, God, I hope everything's going to be okay. <laughs> um, that just holding your breath, so to speak. Um, but yeah, so we went into that first ultrasound. I'm holding my husband's hand. And, you know, they, of course, I think they check for, what was it, fallopian tubes and, you know, they, they, they check stuff and take measurements and, but yeah, it was a transvaginal one. And so when she was looking around, we were like, wait, did we just see two? And we kind of look at each other and then look back to the screen because I'm looking at one screen and my husband and my best friend were looking at another screen because they had multiple screens. The one that the um, ultrasound tech was using and another one that I could see. And we kind of looked at each other, like we looked at the screen again and yeah, there were two. And I'm pretty sure we were both starting to freak it out a little bit more. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, I did have twin cousins, but I was pretty sure, um, like I had, now that I was older, I found out that it was most likely because um, my aunt and uncle at the time had gone through some fertility treatments. Um, so it was most likely why they had had twins. Um, so I didn't think twins ran in the family. So that was a shock. But then the tech was still silent. And she flipped it over to um, the blood flow screen. And we know that blue and red. My husband has a heart condition and he gets an echocardiogram every couple of years now. Um, it used to be every six months, then every year. Now it's every couple years because his condition's been staying the same. Um, he has a heart valve issue and will need probably heart surgery at some point. So we know that blew in. Like, we know that. And as soon as she flipped it over to that, we both saw that there was none of that going to the babies. And my heart sank. And of course, the tech didn't really want to say anything at first, but she took more measurements. She was taking some more time. And then she pretty much said, I'm sorry, there's no heartbeats. 
you do have twins, but there's also no blood flow going to them. And do you want the doctor to also do an ultrasound? Or do you want the doctor to do one as well? And all I could do was pretty much shake my head as the tears were coming down. Oh, she had also asked if we wanted a picture. And at the time, my shock was just like, you know, I was in shock, but my, thank God my best friend was there. Um, Cause she's like, you're gonna want a picture. And I, so I, I couldn't say the words, but I shook my head that yes, I wanted a picture. That is the only picture I have of my babies. Um, so yeah, the doctor came in, she did it as well. And she's like, so yeah, they are only measuring six weeks, about three days, or one of them six weeks, three days, one of them a couple of days behind that. So there's a 95% chance that you are miscarrying and that you will miscarry both. But she's like, maybe the dating could just be off. We talked about that for quite a bit longer that, you know, I hadn't been ovulation testing or any of that stuff. So the only thing I could 100% confirm was my last menstrual period or cycle or whatever, my first day. And one of the days within the month that my husband and I uh, had intercourse, like I knew the date on one of them, the other one I couldn't remember. I'm like, so maybe it was the second time in that month that we actually got pregnant and not the first, like I thought. So pretty much the plan was to do another ultrasound in about two weeks because um, that's the earliest availability she had. Um, but we were told about all the different miscarriage, like, you know, natural natural and just wait it out um the pill or whatever or um the procedure dnc um but either way we were going to wait until that second ultrasound in a couple weeks to confirm to 100 percent make sure um we were also going to um do blood work do the hcg so i had blood work drawn one to get my blood type and two, um, to see where my HCG was and also talked about how there can be fluctuations in HCG with twins and whatnot, but that yes, usually numbers you want to double, but again, I'm still kind of far enough along that it, it all depends on how much it drops us to if it's gonna confirm it or not that I am miscarrying. So, yeah, we leave there with a double whammy that we have twins, but that we're gonna most likely lose them. And oh yeah, identical twins. So it that's just a lot to take in. But thankfully, like because I was still in shock, um, and yes, my best friend was too. But she was able to be clear of mind and ask some questions that I hadn't asked. Um, because yeah, her her second child they had lost um, 
right around 20 weeks. So she had had her milk come in after the birth and all that. So, you know, she had asked those questions and I hadn't even thought to ask any of those questions. Um, and thankfully I never, you know, I didn't have to deal with that. Um, but yeah, so, um, it took me a bit to just process it all. I'll be completely honest. Those next two weeks, they were hell. Um, I am a person that likes facts. I am a person that needs to know what's going on. Um, so of course, like a lot of other people, I turned to Google. <laughs> I spent many sleepless nights because I stopped taking that Unisom and B6 combination because I'm like, I need to feel every pregnancy symptom right now. I need to know or feel like it's still progressing. So every day, every time I felt a pregnancy symptom, whether it was constipation, um, nausea, sore breasts, food aversions, cravings, whatever, any, any pregnancy symptoms I had made me feel like things were going to be okay. But then anytime I didn't have any symptoms, I would be freaking out. I would be like, no, this isn't good. Even though I know that every day was different, <laughs> I still couldn't help that. And I still couldn't help reading. So I read about the fact that it, the vanishing twin syndrome. So I started praying that maybe it would just be that, that we'd lose one. And as much as that would suck, maybe we'd still have one. And yeah, oh my God, telling, telling, telling all our family after that first ultrasound. Oh, yeah. Thankfully, my best friend told her mom for me because um, I just, I, I couldn't. And my husband told his dad and the couple other people, but I did end up telling my mom and my mom told my sister because I just, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it that day. I just couldn't because I started thinking about twins, like, oh my God, twins. Because <laughs> even though there was such a high percentage that we would that I was miscarrying and we were going to lose them both, I still couldn't help but think, hey, there's still a 5% chance that they're both going to make it, <laughs> that we'll have twins. Um, but yes, yeah, so my doctor had offered me to get the ACD drawn um, two days later and talking with my husband he's just like just wait till the ultrasound he's like you know that's the only thing that's 100% gonna confirm it you really should just do that but I need answers <laughs> and I was already struggling just two days of not knowing it was already killing me like I wasn't sleeping I was crying all the damn time I just, I couldn't think of anything else. So 
that day I had, I went in, got blood work done, went to, I had a dermatology uh, appointment, a yearly dermatology one, but I also had flare-ups with some of my skin issues that I have all the time were flaring up even more because of pregnancy. And I wasn't sure if the ointments and stuff that I use um, were ones I could still use while pregnant. So that had already been one of those calls that I had made and whatnot. Oh yeah, I had forgotten to say that um, I had to tell my boss and my supervisor at work like right away that I was pregnant because I usually deal with chemicals. I'm one of the people that does the fungicide and pesticide stuff, although we try to, we do a lot less of that since we've had a, a beneficial and IPM practice um, or beneficial insects and IPM practice, but we still do some. So because I'm one of the main people that does that, I had to let them know right away that I was pregnant and that I did not want to do any chemicals. So they had been, I'd kept them in the loop this entire time, um, what was going on. So um, I had one, after this first ultrasound, I had pretty much said, I'm a mess. I don't know how much I'm going to be in over the next two weeks. I'm going to try to come in, but I'm dealing with a lot. And my boss totally understood. Um, but he's like, yeah, come in and work when you can. But we get it. Um, and I am. I'm so grateful for that. But yeah, so that Wednesday, went to my dermatology appointment. It was, what, by the time I was just getting to work, um, hadn't even ran into my other coworkers um, in the growing department um, to touch base with. I pretty much had just grabbed my radio and put my shoes on when the doctor's office called me with my HCG results. And my levels had already dropped 30% in two days. So to me, that pretty much guaranteed that I was losing at least one because that wasn't just a small, it wasn't just a small amount. That was a decent amount of a drop. So I needed to go tell my husband I needed to leave. I, so I pretty much just told them, I just like, I'm like, I just got here, but I also just got a call from my doctor. I'm like, my levels have dropped. I need to go tell my husband and I need to go process this. I need to go deal with this. I'm like, I can't deal with this here. And again, they completely understood. Um, so I left, went and told my husband, he dealt with my tears. He's like, you don't, you know, this isn't a, like, you know, this isn't confirmed. Is that we have the ultrasound? Don't freak out. It'll be okay. Kind of thing. Like, we'll deal with it once we get that ultrasound. But I needed to try to prep myself, so to speak, as much as I could for all the possibilities that could or could not be happening. I'll be completely honest. I was freaking out about the fact that I could start miscarrying at home on my own. Um... So every time I was going to the bathroom, I, I seriously, I was anxious every time I'd have to go to the bathroom. And seriously, I was still going to the bathroom every goddamn hour, it seemed like. So it was, it was just, it was a lot. It was just a living freaking hell. So 
again, I'm back on Dr. Google and researching the vanishing twin syndrome and how com you know how common it is. So as much as it sucked, I'm praying to God that's what it is. I'm praying to God that I'm only losing one baby and that the other one's gonna be okay. And how shitty that made me feel. to be trying to deal and process the loss of one or the fact that I'm most likely losing one at this point while also praying and hoping that I still have one that's going to make it. It just it made me feel so shitty to be hoping for that. <laughs> so I'm trying to grieve the loss of what is most likely at least one of them. and. Like, I'm reading that we can possibly have testing done to find out if they're boys or girls, possibly, maybe, if we do miscarry or any of that stuff, or if one of them does survive and we make it longer, I can do testing earlier. Um, so I already know in my mind that that's what I want to do is do testing if we can if I do miscarry them. Um, but I also know we have a wedding <laughs> on November 16th or that weekend of the 16th. Um, and my ultrasound is November 11th, that second ultrasound. So I already know. Oh, and my husband has a new job that he just started November 2nd. <laughs> so he's going to be traveling for this new job the following week after the ultrasound. He's going to be out of town for the whole week. So I'm also processing this. And so at this point, I'm deciding that I am going to have a DNC if things are looking the way things are starting to look. Um, because that'll be the quickest recovery time so that maybe I can actually enjoy one of our best friends from high school's wedding and that my husband can be there while we're dealing with this and we can have that time to process it together before he's gone for a week. Um, but yeah, so anyways, I try to go to work. I think I went to work for two days or something. Um, throughout that two week period, like I felt horrible, but I just, I just couldn't, I just, I couldn't deal with it. <laughs> I tried to go to work to distract me, but that so just didn't work. I would just cry at work. Thankfully they understood how I was. And I just, I was in the back away from customers and just, <laughs> I'd be crying and be watering at the same time. Um, while listening to podcasts like this one um, to try to hear how other people dealt with this and how to get through this. Um, but yeah, so I did have one more HCG draw. It was a week after the second draw. So uh, what was that? Five days before the second ultrasound, four days. Um, and those results came back. My number had dropped another 50%. So overall, 
my HCG had dropped 60% from my first HCG draw. So to me, that pretty much confirmed that I was going to lose both. I still had not, I still had not saw, started spotting at that point, but I'm now freaking out about that even more because I just don't think I can deal with that, deal with seeing my babies come out of my body and just everything I've heard about naturally miscarrying. I just mentally and emotionally, I don't think I can deal with that. So I called my doctor and pretty much said, okay, if this goes the way it's looking, I'm like, I need to have a DNC as soon as possible after the ultrasound. If we can do it that day, can we please, please find a way to do it that day if possible? Because I want my husband there. I want us to have a couple days to grieve before we have our best friend, one of our best friend's wedding. And I'm like, because I'm still going to that. I, I need something positive <laughs> and so yeah I did spot a little bit on Friday morning didn't go into work I spent the entire weekend on the couch I did end up only spotting that Friday and thankfully again it was in the morning so because I have B negative blood they um, wanted me to come in and get a Rogam shot that is the only time I think I left my house that weekend. Or if I did leave it again, it was only because my husband and or my best friend pretty much dragged me out of the house. But I, th I think that was the only time I left the house that weekend um, was to go down to the hospital. And I almost want to say it was, I either showed up right before closing or there just wasn't that many people around. It might have been a snowstorm. I don't remember. But yeah, so the 11th happened. We went to that ultrasound. It was me, my husband, my best friend, and my mom. And yeah, they confirmed that we were losing both. Um, that they were not viable. And even though I had tried to prepare myself, I just, I still broke down. And they weren't able to get me in for a DNC that day. Um, and this is where my story is different than quite a few others. Because I wanted my husband there with me, I did not get anesthesia. I did not do the normal, like, hospitalization kind of um, DNC. Um, I'm trying to remember. So pretty much I was awake for the whole process. Um, they, what was it? It was probably like an hour after we had finished with the ultrasound. So we had kind of been around in a separate, thankfully, like my, my doctor was, she was phenomenal. Like she had answered all our questions at that first visit. And when I had called the nurse's line, nurse's line or her number throughout the two weeks of this frigging hell of uncertainty, um, either the nurses had gotten back to me or she had, um, 
and then again at this ultrasound that confirms that we we were losing both like she answered all our questions I did not take the pain management option that they had, which was Tylenol with Colgene, because that had made me super sick when I had had that, um, when I had my wisdom teeth removed. So I didn't take that pain management option because I, I, I didn't need to be vomiting at the same freaking time I'm dealing with, with miscarrying. Um, so they brought us to a separate room like they had avoided putting us in the waiting room where the rest of the pregnant women are thankfully they brought us to a separate room or waiting area or whatever um and waited you know we waited for a little bit because yes they had tried to schedule it as soon after the ultrasound as possible but there was a little bit of a wait um so around one o'clock we went into this room um, they had even asked what kind of music I wanted. And at this point, I'm not thinking that. I'm just thinking about the fact that I'm losing both my babies. My husband looks at me and he's like, country or 80s, 80s pop or something like that. And the nurse put on some 80s pop music. Not that I'm totally paying attention to it because like, you know, it's just in the background and because I'm not thinking about that. All I'm thinking about is my husband and I made them together. We're going to lose them together. So he's sitting right next to me holding my hand. And again, I'm awake. So I'm in the stirrups. They put, um, what is it? Uh, iodine, I think it is or something or betadine, um, over my cervix to clean it. So to speak, you know, sanitize it, disinfect it, whatever. Then I get injected with lidocaine. A couple different places around my cervix. I think it ended up being four shots. Um, the first two didn't really hurt too much because lidocaine is kind of like when you get um, fillings or dental work done, those needles. Um, so the first two didn't hurt. The third one, like I freaking flinched. That one hurt so bad. And the fourth one hurt too. Um, and the nurse, the doctor said, you know, that's normal. It's okay. Just breathe. Cause I think I was holding my breath at this point. Um, she's like, you're okay. You're doing good. You're doing fine. It's normal for it to hurt. Everybody, you know, has more sensitive spots. These just seem to be your more sensitive spots, but you're okay. Um, but yeah, so pretty much the little, the way the doctor, and thankfully she was like talking me through every step prior to actually doing it. Um, she was very great about that. Um, so as she had shown me the um, instrument, she's like, you know, I'm putting the straw in now. And she swirled it around. I heard sucking sound once. It, it hurt. I'm not going to lie. It hurt. And I have a tilted uterus. So the second time, she pretty much stood up and was really pressing pretty darn hard because she was trying to make sure she got everything out. 
so that I wouldn't have to come back for another ultrasound. And because she could just see that going to that second ultrasound had raised my anxiety so high. So, and she's done this procedure or she's been in OBGYN and all this for a long enough time that she was going to look at everything that came out and make sure that we got everything. Um, and, but yeah, the procedure seriously only took like five, 10 minutes. It did not take long at all. Um, it just, it, it, it's so surprising how quick that would be. We think it takes so much longer, but it's so quick. Um, but yeah, so they had to keep trying to tell me to breathe. <laughs> I do remember that. Um, but yeah, she finished and I could just feel the blood gushing out. I really could. So, so much. Um, and she left the room so that she could go take a look and make sure that, um, inspect everything, make sure we got everything. And she had given us the option if we wanted to look at them or go over the re you know, go over the results, so to speak. Um, I knew I couldn't. I knew I just, I couldn't see my babies, whether they were whole or in pieces because of the procedure. I just, I just, I knew I couldn't. I couldn't handle that mentally and emotionally. I just couldn't. My husband's curiosity ended up getting the better of him and he went and saw. Um, and so she described it to him. Um, we also had the option of, um, bringing them home with us or not I had wanted to cremate them but she said it was too small that they couldn't cremate them um because there probably going to be nothing left really um there wasn't going to be a way that we could do that and um my husband didn't want to take them home because if we did he'd want to bury them and being completely honest with this loss as well, at this point, my husband just wants out of our house. He's sick of all the losses we have had while at this house. He was kind of feeling like this house was bad juju and we just needed a fresh start. Um, and he didn't want to bury our babies at that house and then have us move and not have our babies with us. Um, so as much as I wanted to take them with us, I listened to how he was feeling at that time and didn't take them. They stayed at the hospital. I still kind of regret that decision, but I was trying to deal with how he was handling it as well. And we always do things so opposite. Um, so yeah. Um, so actually while my husband was, um, or actually after the procedure had happened, but I was trying to get up and, you know, cause they pretty much said, the doctor said, take a couple minutes or as much time as you need to get up, realize that yes, you could start gushing blood, but unless you're filling a pad within an hour, uh, or two pads within an hour or whatever it is, I forget what it was. Um, she's like, bleeding is normal and it's fine um but 
even just sitting up, I felt the gush of blood and I got a little queasy. And so I just sat on the edge of that table, examination table, whatever you want to call it, for a bit. And my husband could tell that I just, yeah, that I was not feeling so good. Um, And that's when I noticed the music and the song that was playing um, was Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds. And I couldn't help but cry and laugh at the same time. And I'm like, oh my God, I'll never, never forget about my babies. Never. (laughs) So... Although a lot of people hear that song and they're going to think about um, The Breakfast Club, I hear that song and I'm going to think about my babies now. But yeah, so anyway, because I, I felt like I was gushing blood one of the, when the doctor did come back in just to check on us and whatnot and see if we did want to see them. Um, I had her, you know, take a look and make sure that it wasn't bleeding too much. And she's like, no, you're okay. She's like, you're, you, you are bleeding, but you're not bleeding too much. Even though at the time it felt like it was a whole lot to me. So I, I, I still can't imagine you ladies that do this naturally. And I totally can understand how you say it, it, it can look like immersing because I, the amount of blood that I had was more than I've ever had in or at least right after that procedure, it was more than I've ever had. And it was freaking me out. And the doctor was not phased by it at all. Um, but yeah, so, and they made sure to, once we exited, they exited us out a back way. So again, we avoided all the waiting room that had other pregnant ladies and all that. So I didn't have to deal with that. That was so nice so glad that they understand that um and she pretty much had said that they had gotten she was like 99% sure they had gotten everything and that I wouldn't need to come back for another ultrasound to confirm that everything was going and then also you know gave me the paperwork and what things to look for if there could be any complications like you know if I had a fever if I had a bunch more pain and yada 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 so that day was also the day that my son was supposed to go to a doctor's appointment um and we were supposed to have his football um award ceremony or no sorry messed that up football award ceremony was the 28th i'm getting my days confused a little bit um oh yeah so that that was a hard thing telling our son on the 28th or we waited until the 29th to tell him what the results were from our first ultrasound that we were most likely going to lose the babies and he was he was just as devastated because when we had adopted him or while he was living with us he had asked if he was going to have siblings because he missed having siblings um so yeah he was he was heartbroken too um but yeah, so um, that day I went with my mom and we were going to bring my son. Uh, we needed to pick him up from school and bring him to his doctor's appointment. And my husband and best friend were going to get 
some of my husband's medication um and also a little and some other stuff for me because my best friend's like no you're gonna want the thicker pads and um of course they got me chocolate I'm a chocoholic like I eat chocolate I could eat chocolate every day um so they were grabbing me stuff like that and you know just things that they thought I would need and my husband I'll be completely honest my husband um has a medical marijuana card for his migraines and PTSD and um he made sure to get something for me because he's like I think you might need it <laughs> so he grabbed even though I'm not I don't normally do that stuff he grabbed some stuff for me um because I couldn't I can't I can't do the town all coding so they went their way we went our way um and I was in pain uh, I'm not gonna lie I was in pain I was hurting I was crying I was a mess so my mom went in with my son to his doctor's appointment and I just stayed in the car because by the time we got through all the hospital and back up to our house and got my son from school and we didn't have time for me to go home and still make his appointment um so I just stayed in the car and I'm crying it's snowing I'm pretty sure it was snowing at that point um because we were due to have a big storm of course um so yeah it, it freaking sucks so I didn't get home I think it was until like four or five o'clock that night um and I almost want to say I think my husband and my best friend might have actually beat us to the house because my son ended up being at his doctor's appointment for quite a while because she was backed up um so yeah that that was not fun but yeah so they we ended up playing games all all night and talking and they got food from a couple different restaurants and brought it home and it was great to have them all there um the day before we had been playing games as well um because they were trying to take my mind off it trying to distract me while we're I mean we're all we were all thinking about it but you know they're trying and the only way that they could um but it was kind of nice having them there that day. But at the same time, I was also kind of grateful when they left the next day so I could just be alone with myself and or be alone with my husband. Um, so I actually ended up not bleeding a whole lot more. Like I bled that day. The following day, I didn't bleed that much. But the day after that, that's when like from having the um the needles in my cervix like my I could tell that my cervix still hurt I could tell that I was still open or whatever um still dilated um so I woke up Wednesday morning at like six o'clock in the morning to this extreme pain and I can tell you that is when my cervix started to close again or did close or whatever um 
because it was that irritated, that inflamed, that swollen, whatever I felt when that happened. Um, and that night I was in the most pain I had been. And I am pretty sure that's when my uterus was contracting um, down to quote unquote normal size. Um, so the ibuprofen that I tried to take didn't touch it. Like it did not touch that pain. Um, and having the tilted uterus, I was feeling quite a bit of it in the front, but also a lot in my back. So I can almost guarantee that if we do get pregnant and have a baby, I will, I almost feel like it's a guarantee I'm going to have back labor. Um, but I was in so much pain that I was willing to take some of my husband's meds to try to help and being completely honest it helped a little bit but even that didn't get rid of the pain um it made me sleepy though so <laughs> i ended up sleeping but he said that i was pretty much moaning and crying um throughout that night or while i half dozed um cuz he could just tell i just was so so uncomfortable and so much pain. Um, but thankfully it only lasted, I think it was about six hours and it was just that day. And then the following day I had more bleeding. Um, and yeah, I was still sore, but for the most part that ended up being it. Like that was the most painful was that Wednesday, two days after the procedure was the most painful. Um, and then, yeah, Friday we drove down for our best friend's wedding, had the day of meeting everybody and all of that. And since my husband was the best man, he, everybody was supposed to be meeting up in his room um, for getting ready. And he had pretty much told them earlier in the week that that was no longer going to be an option. And he got some backlash from some of the, people but he didn't tell because he he's a very private person and doesn't didn't want to talk about this didn't want to discuss this with anybody um unlike me talking helps me um and so he chose not to tell anybody what was going on for the most part i mean he he had he hadn't even wanted to tell his best friend um because he didn't want to put a damper on the weekend in any way. Um, but I think he did because he just needed somebody to talk to about it. Um, I think he finally did end up telling him before we went down, um, just because I was still a mess. Um, and my husband was too, but in his own way, he's able to compartmentalize things so, so much. I am not. Um, so even by that weekend, he had mostly he had processed this loss in his way for the most part by then. Um, so um, he pretty much told me, you know, to join in on any of the festivities whenever I felt up to it. And if I didn't, he would check on me when he could. 
and he was wonderful realizing that I was struggling but I wanted to be there I wanted to be around that positivity I wanted to be happy for my friends and getting married and I wanted to enjoy that but at the same time was still you know still dealing with a little bit of the lingering pain not not a lot but just a little bit but it was mostly the mental emotional stuff um so yeah even even at the like welcome reception and stuff like that the there were pregnant ladies in the families so i uh, yeah being around pregnant ladies that soon i couldn't do it i maybe could be around them for like 10 minutes before i go hide in the bathroom and cry or if we were at the hotel, if it was being held at the hotel, I just went back up to the room because I just, I couldn't do it. I'm like, I should have my babies. I should be pregnant. I should be letting everybody know that we have twins. I should have been able to announce and taken all these pictures because I had so many, so many clothes and so many things I was going to do to announce like I had like five different themes well I mean they were all Halloween themes but but they were like five different photos I was planning on taking um like I had even got my dad a shirt that was kind of like a dad joke that said night of the living dad instead of night of the living dead like that's how how into it I was um but yeah so it was rough. Um, he did end up telling one of the other best men, which um, I say best men, but it was best women. Um, one of the other groomsmen, because um, there were groomsmen and groomswomen and bridesmaids and a bridesman. Um, so at least one other um, person there knew what was going on. And um, it was great having, having that because she, she she could tell when I was struggling too. Like there was twice where, especially because uh, one of the couples that we had seen at the baby shower had a, oh, I want to say about a six month old at that time, or maybe it was only four months. And then at the wedding, it was six months or something like that. Um, but a, a pretty brand new baby. And so seeing that at, one of the luncheons I yeah I pretty much lost it and I wanted to walk outside but then of course outside at that park was another kid's birthday party and there were babies and toddlers and oh yeah that was rough I pretty much hid in the bathroom for at least a good 15 minutes then before I finally could tell my husband I just I'm either gonna go sit in the car or or I need to leave I just I can't I can't be here I can't do this um and thankfully like things were wrapping up at that point so he pretty much was like just give me you know go sit in the car for 10 minutes and I'll be right with you um so yeah so the wedding was lovely but it, it was a struggle for me not gonna lie <laughs> um 
but one of the ways that I was dealing with my grief is I wanted to name my babies. Like they were real. And I had dreamed of a future with them. And naming them made it more real for my husband because, I mean, he wasn't growing them inside of him. So it was still like it, it was real, but it was still surreal. And hearing that heartbeat had been what I had been hoping would make it more real for him. And since we never got that, it still seemed a bit surreal to him. Um, so he had just wanted to keep going with baby A and baby B. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm like, they need names. And um, then he was like, how about alpha and beta? And I'm like, no, those, no, that's not a name. Those aren't names. And so, again, he was honest in saying that, yeah, giving them names made it real for him. And this hurt, this hurt a lot. And this was hard. It's hard for him. It's hard for me. And we just, we were just dealing with it in different ways. And I felt bad about pushing for it, but I really needed names. I wanted to do that with him. And I told him I wouldn't bring it up again if he could just give me names or pick out names with me. And I would drop it after that because I just needed names, but I wanted to pick names together. Like that's the last thing that we can do together with them. I, I, I needed that. So my husband is a bit of a smart ass. <laughs> so he was like, well, how about Sean and Bean? And I gave him a look and he's like, you know, after a favorite actor that, that usually dies in all the movies we see him in and I was just like you've got to be kidding he's like yep that's it that's what it's going to be it's going to be Sean and it's going to be Bean those are their names he's like I'm done and of course we were having this discussion on the way to the airport to drop him off to catch his flight because he's going to be gone for the next week for his new job and I'm just like oh okay okay I'll roll with them because that's, that's all I could do. He didn't want to talk about it anymore. He had decided he was done. Um, so their names are Sean Thalen Manning and Bean Bijou Manning. I picked the middle names. So I've always been a person to want to go with kind of more unique names. Um, but yeah, those are, those are our babies. And I was still struggling very much so. Um, tried to go back to work there were days like most of the time I wasn't getting to work on time I was getting to work like an hour or two later than I was supposed to be um because I was just finding it hard to get out of bed some days um to get myself going usually my animals were the only things really making me get out of bed because I was usually the one that fed them in the morning and would take our dog out and seriously they they helped me so much just being there, um, having them to snuggle with, um, and then these podcasts, um, and talking to friends, um, that I knew had miscarried, um, and then again, I was still having sleepless nights, I just, I just, my sleep schedule was all messed up, I wasn't sleeping a whole lot, um, and so, my birthday's December 2nd. That night, 
or the night before my birthday, I had another sleepless night. And I pretty much ended up telling our story and posting it on Facebook with the one ultrasound picture I had of them and a couple other things, but pretty much told everybody that we had been pregnant and been pregnant with twins. It was a shock. It was a surprise and that we had lost them. Um, but that my, I, my husband and our son were dealing with the grief in different ways and to be respectful of that. And that the only one that really wanted to talk about it was me. Um, and I got so much love from everybody and had so many other people reach out to me that had had miscarriages or stillbirths and just say they understood. And I also found out that, um, one of my cousins and his girlfriend had also miscarried twins earlier in the year and they hadn't told anybody really. They hadn't posted about it or any of that. They hadn't made it public. Um, so we talked quite a bit. Um, and yeah, and then I was getting ready to go to work and my the boss had actually sent me an email saying, hey, I can see you're struggling. Um, why don't you take winter break early? Because normally at the greenhouse, I stop working right around Christmas and go back to work the first week in February because um, that's the slowest period for us. Um, usually only my supervisor is the one that stays on um, during that time as far as the growing team. Um, and even though I felt so much better after publicly telling people, um, I thought it might actually be a good thing to take that break and have that extra time to try to deal with my grief. Um, cause I didn't, I know I was starting to go down that same hole that I had when I had lost my dad. Cause I had kept my shit together for so long um, because I had been my dad's healthcare advocate and the person and then the administrator. Um, so it was a while before I actually processed the loss of my dad. And when I did it, it, it I went down the rabbit hole. I definitely went into a depression and I was not myself and I didn't want to go that that far. I didn't want to let myself get to that point where I got ugly and nasty with people because I was just lashing out with grief. I didn't want to get to that again. Um, so yeah, I took my boss up on the fact that, yeah, it might be a good thing for me to take winter break early. Um, and so the month of December and January, I focused on my health. I tried to sleep or I tried to get onto a normal sleep schedule. Not that it always worked. I tried to eat better like I had been doing during the pregnancy, you know, trying to change my eating habits. I tried yoga and Jesus, yoga, it did. It helped between the meditation 
stuff, which I'm not sure that I ever got into really a full meditative state, but like there would be times I'd be trying to do the breathing and I would just be crying. I would just be letting that grief go. And then I would feel better the rest of the day. Um, Thanksgiving was hard. Uh, Christmas was hard, not going to lie. But I also wanted to still have a Christmas for my son. Um, so I still, we still went and although it take, took a lot of goading from the guys because they weren't necessarily in the spirit, I was like, can we do this one thing for me so that it doesn't feel like it's the end of the world? Um, we went and got a Christmas tree like we usually do every year. The only year I think we didn't or whatnot was the year that my dad passed. I just, none of us were in a good mood or up for it that year. So I was just like, I, I need a Christmas tree. Like I, I need to still have that, that beacon of light, that normalcy to our lives to help me. Um, and then I wanted to get ornaments for our babies, like the ones that I had where I had my name and um, my birth date that I still have that my parents got when I was a baby or was a kid or something like that. Because um, a lot of when my parents sold their house, I ended up with a good share of the Christmas stuff that we had when I was growing up. So some of the homemade ornaments that I made and whatnot. Um, so decorating the tree was another way that I dealt with my grief and I ordered ornaments for my babies but my husband didn't want them on the tree he didn't want that constant reminder of our loss um and I'll be completely honest there were times that we definitely fought about how we were both dealing with our grief differently um and how I was so public about it. I wanted to talk about them all the time. And he just, he didn't. And we struggled. Um, but we worked through it. Sometimes it would, meant that we were fighting. Really badly fighting. Um, but we already knew that both of us handled grief in a different way. Um, so, yeah, we, I'll be completely honest, the first time we had sex, it was quite a while. Um, and it, it was, I was still sore, like it was uncomfortable for me. Um, and the thing that really sucked is the position we usually like did not feel good at all for me. And so we were, we were bummed, being completely honest, we were both bummed and worried that it may never feel the same for us again. Um, thankfully we waited probably another couple weeks or a month before we tried again and things felt more normal, more better, um, then. Um, I did get my first cycle or my first period after, um, losing them about a month later. It was heavier. Um, and I pretty much had told my husband and he kind of agreed that I wasn't going to go back on birth control. I was just going to give my body time to adjust to this and make sure that there were no other issues or complications. 
um, from the miscarriage, from the procedure and whatnot. Um, and because we also talked about the fact that we, we might want to try again. And that's kind of part of where we did is starting in January, I started, I was at the point where I was like, okay, I kind of want to know a little bit more about how my body psych, you know, handles the cycle and everything. So I started doing ovulation tests with my cycle in January. Um, so I'm tracking that now. Um, I've definitely learned a lot more about how cycles work and my body and how my body responds to things. Um, and we've sort of been trying to conceive ever since January, um, with no luck at this point, but I also probably around March, I think it was, yeah, right be pretty much right before this COVID stuff, um, really started being like, okay, I'm really, really ready to really try to get pregnant. And I know we couldn't have the babies tested and get answers that way, but I need to know. We pretty much agreed that we would try to have a baby. Um, but if we lost if we miscarried, if I got pregnant and we miscarried again, that's it. We wouldn't be trying again. Um, so me being proactive, like I am, I've been doing research. I have al already reached out to a reproductive endocrinologist. I pretty much said, okay, this is what's going on. I'm like, I want testing. <laughs> I think this whole having three losses is bullshit. Um, if you are willing to do testing for me, you will be my doctor. If you're not, I will reach out to somebody else. And because I'm like going through this loss and having to do that again, it is, I, I, I don't understand why that has to happen. I just, that's just insane to me because it is a devastating loss. It changes everybody it changes your relationship it just and to go through multiple it just I, I just can't fathom it um so thankfully that reproductive endocrinologist like seriously they they replied back to me in not even 15 minutes like they responded back to me so much quicker than the um general doctor I was trying to see to or general practitioner or doctor I was trying to see because I haven't had a primary care doctor in years. So I was trying to be proactive and get a primary care doctor, get a physical, you know, do all these things that I had been putting off as far as my health and be proactive about it again um, and improve things and lose weight because I'm overweight. So I was trying to be more active and eat better and lose weight because I know that can be a factor. Um, so yeah, so the fact that they responded back in 15 minutes and said, oh yeah, we you know, we'll set you up with an appointment. Um, and I had an appointment scheduled for about a month later in April um, as a consultation, and we were going to go from there. And just the fact that she was willing to do whatever testing either I wanted or to at least talk about it, um, like my spirits that day were 
like I was so happy that day just to just to feel like I might get answers um because that whole having a game plan thing man <laughs> that helps me so much um so yeah with this whole COVID stuff that appointment ended up being a teleconferencing appointment but we made a game plan I went on baby aspirin um and I was still taking prenatals this entire time um and then and I was going to have a sauna histogram the following month as long as we could um we were going to do we were going to run a bunch of tests on day three and that is what we did so pretty much all the testing that we did do came back normal the only thing that might have been a little abnormal from what i've heard on this podcast what you've talked about Shelly, and some of the reading is my th tsh my thyroid thing was up a little higher um like still in the normal range for an adult but a little high for a female trying to get pregnant it was what was it 3.1 or 3.3 something like that um so um we talked about it when i went in for my sauna histogram and the sauna histogram everything looked normal everything looked well which is awesome um even though like my OBGYN, the doctor that had done um, the ultrasound and the surgery for the babies, um, had pretty much given me the indication then that everything looks good, that I shouldn't have trouble conceiving again. I just, I wasn't in the frame of mind to hear it then. Um, so, yeah, um, I even did genetic testing, and so far that's all come back normal. Um, it doesn't seem like I'm a carrier, at least for the stuff that we tested for, I'm not a carrier. Um, but yeah, so I started on, what is it? The levothyroxine? The levothyroxine, yeah. Yes. So I got, she, the reproductive endocrinologist started me on the smallest dose of that. Um, just like, even though she talked about how on some of the, um, uh, that some people are saying that that doesn't necessarily make a difference. She could see that I was kind of pushing for that and she was okay with me going on that. So she prescribed me that and I'm doing that and my prenatal still. Um, and we actually just got the results from my husband's semen analysis, although we haven't had a chance to talk to the doctor about it. So of course, I was back on Google last night because we just got the results back, and I'm like trying to look up what they mean. Um, so it's kind of looking like everything's good, but I mean, well, I got to schedule the talk with the doctor about the still. Um, but yeah, so we are now six months into trying again. Um, the first was my due date. Um, Mother's Day was tough, not gonna lie. Oh yeah, when I had gotten this on a histogram, that's when I would have been 36 weeks, which I know for twins is right about when they're considered full term. So that was 
that day was great, but horrible at the same time, because I was thinking, couldn't help but think about the fact that, you know, I could have been having my babies now, and instead I'm getting my uterus checked and fallopian tubes checked. Um, but yeah, Mother, Mother's Day was rough. Oh, God, Mother's Day was rough. I, I was at work that day, and I spent pretty much the whole morning just crying in the back while I was watering plants. Um, but then June 1st was a little bit easier because my mom and my sister came up that day um, because thankfully um, I live in Vermont and our state has been slowly um, releasing stuff, um, opening up. And so they, they made the trip up here to be with me and just having them there kind of distracted me from not not getting into that kind of depressive funk for the day um I mean I still took time to myself in the evening to cry a little and you know be upset but just even having my mom hug me and be like happy birthday to my babies to my grandbabies <laughs> meant a lot because I know how much they they wanted them too <laughs> um but yeah so that's kind of where we are is you know game plans are everything though that's what I always say oh my god yeah so I hope you're feeling a little bit more hopeful with that because that's kind of what always used to bring me some hope back was just like coming up with a new plan because it's like clearly the first time didn't work and like maybe it's just what comes down to I don't like the term but bad luck but still like game plans oh my god everything I, I hate the bad luck and it's like it's the same thing with everybody saying don't blame yourself yeah but I just can't I can't you know I still go down that road I still am like okay well did I come off the mountain too too fast Was exactly too much of a shock yeah. for my system uh-huh. and, and nobody will I just I can't they've been through lots <laughs> right right uh, um goodness. but yeah so I mean and it's yeah and I can already say that this trying to conceive process is oh yeah it's stressful like I stopped yeah, telling my husband consuming. when <laughs> uh-huh oh yeah all consuming like my husband could see how like baby focused I am right now and it I had to stop telling him when I was ovulating because it was just stressing him out like crazy so so yeah so it's it's a process it is definitely a process <laughs> so Uh, it's it's we're we're kind of you know if it happens it happens if it doesn't it doesn't but thankfully right now I'm finally seeing a therapist that I can sort of afford to make it happen or I'm or I'm kind of making it a priority now um yeah yeah if we do get pregnant again oh my god I can already tell you my anxiety is going to go through the freaking roof I am just going to be a ball of anxiousness (laughs) Um, I always ask at the end of every episode, if you have one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? First one is advocate for yourself. So I still really wish I had pushed for that ultrasound at the ER because seriously, looking back at it, dating, that is most likely when their hearts stopped beating if they had been beating. Um, I still think that that's what happened that day. 
Um, and then the fact that I am advocating for myself and reached out to a reproductive endocrinologist and said, I no, I'm not going through more losses before I have death thing. Like, no, I'm not doing that. Um, so yeah, advocating for yourself, but then also give yourself time to grieve and however way that may be. Like, I am still, as much as it seems really odd, and my husband does not get it at all, I had, if my mom and sister hadn't come up on the first, I was going to take the pictures that I had wanted to take to announce. Like, I have the clothing. I've put things together um, because originally I was going to wear a shirt that said boo that was um, glow in the dark above my chest, but then also had a sewn in a little boo that was glow in the dark on below. And over the last week, um, I had added another boo to it since I was pregnant with twins and I had planned on having my nails done with, with glow in the dark ghosts that said boo on them as well and different things like that. So one of the ways that I have or I'm dealing with my grief is still doing the things that I intended to do, even if I'm just doing them for me. So those pictures I take, I'll print them off and I'll add them to the little box that I have of the keepsakes, like the pregnancy test, the one ultrasound photo, the onesie I couldn't help but pick up when I was at one of my um, events that I got from another um, vendor that said sweet as and had a picture of Vermont, pure Vermont maple syrup. Um, so, you know, it's, and the journal that I had started um, with some of the symptoms and things I was experiencing. Um, so all that's kind of in a little keepsake box. Um, so I'll add those pictures to it. And that's part of how I'm dealing with my grief and still honoring them and thinking about them. And yeah, so be easy on yourself or try to be easy on yourself and also try to be easy on your significant other and know that they are dealing it dealing with it in their own way too and yes quite often it will be completely different than how you deal with it and just give yourself yes. time yes um, now I'm going to go ahead and link your Instagram in the description of this episode. I know you have two Instagrams. I know you use one more than the other. So I'm going to go ahead and link the one that you use more than the other. Um, okay. So if somebody wants to reach out to you, they can go ahead and do so and just connect because that's what this podcast is all about is just building a community. So thank you so much for jumping on and sharing your story this morning. I hope it was very healing for you and I hope it's very healing for other people. I know it will be. And we just really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on and letting me share. And yeah, this, this has been very helpful. Good. All right. So well, we'll talk you. soon. You'll have to keep us posted. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fan, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together. Just